Do you need a VA? You know, a virtual assistant. Well, in this episode of Podcastification, I decided to get educated about it. And I'm talking with Nathan Hirsch, founder of FreeUp.com. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com. And this is Podcastification. This show is all about podcasting, how to do it, how not to do it, best practices, interesting news items that have to do with the realm of podcasting, and who knows what else. And I'm trying to do it all with a little bit of fun and some information to help you get a show going, keep yours going, or make it better. And if you like what's going on here on the show, I would appreciate it, oh, so appreciate it, if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. You can find out how to do that at podcastfasttrack.com slash review. That's enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. So as I said in the intro, this whole issue of trying to get help in promoting your cause or your niche or your business, whatever it is your podcast is really about, is something that I know most of us don't come by naturally. We don't delegate well. We don't ask for help well. And we need that help. So I've invited Nathan Hirsch on the show to help us learn a little bit about what that actually entails and what are some smart ways to go about it. So Nathan, welcome to Podcastification. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, Nathan reached out to me initially and showed me some of the things he was doing with FreeUp, which is his platform. There's a lot of services that his platform offers, and there's many services that do what he does, but maybe not so efficiently and in a vetted way like he does. So I'm excited to get into that. So before we get into that, Nathan, first, tell me, why did you first become interested in this issue of outsourcing and getting VAs to help people with things? Yeah. So I started my first business when I was in college, running a multi-million dollar Amazon baby product business out of my college dorm room. And I was 21 at the time and people weren't really taking me seriously. I, I couldn't go out and hire a 35-year-old with 10 years of marketing experience. I couldn't get access to the talent that I needed. I was pretty much limited to college students and the people around me. And after going through and hiring college students and not having the best experiences, I realized that I had to find another way to get talent. There was just so much going on in my business from orders to listing and customer service. And that's when I was introduced to the online hiring world, the Upworks, the Fivers. But what happened was the time that I was spending on the sales, the expansion, the marketing quickly turned into posting job, going through applicants, doing interview after interview after interview. And one day I remember throwing something at the wall because I had just done eight hours of interviews to find this one person I needed. And I thought there just had to be a better way. And when I couldn't find that way, I built it myself and talking to other people, they had run into that same issue. So I really played around with it in the Amazon community. The idea that we would have a marketplace where we would pre-vet freelancers, getting hundreds of applicants every week, taking the top 1% based on skill, attitude, and communication and making them available rapid fire. 
And then the people in the Amazon community expanded to e-commerce and they told their friends that were real estate agents, podcast hosts, agency owners, and we really expanded from there. But I really built free up and got into this industry based on my own needs from the client side. Well, that is really cool. I think those are the best kind of businesses, you know, the ones that you personally know there's a need, you know, that's how I built my podcast production companies because I felt the pain myself and knew that others probably needed the same thing. So good on you there. Now, let me ask you something. When you think about podcasters, you know, people who are either generating money from their show in some way, direct or indirect or not, or the ones who are doing it as a hobbyist, you know, the workflow is something they clearly need help with. What are some of the first things you can think of that someone in those shoes might need to consider outsourcing to a VA or some kind of online help? It's funny. I didn't know this until I started interacting with podcast hosts because a lot of the hosts that I've been on, I give them a free credit to try us out. And um, it was just a great way to connect at first. But what I realized is there's so much that goes on behind the scenes of a good podcast, just from booking guests to having canned responses and follow-up emails and, and a system for that, sometimes even lead generation to reaching out to people. Then you've got the social media aspect, all the different channels that you have to manage and be on top of and grow your presence and grow your audience. Then you've got the actual podcasts and the the audio editing, the video editing, the graphics that go with it, editing the pictures and taking the headshots from the people like me that send them over in different sizes, shapes and forms. So there's just so much that goes along with it. Not to mention the whole marketing side, the driving traffic, the Facebook ads, the how do you get in front of influencers? There, there are so many things behind the scenes of any business, but the podcast industry in particular. Yeah, I can really appreciate that. And I can see how all of those things are true. I feel them every week in my own workflow, in the promotion of my podcast and in my business. So let me ask, if there's someone who's hearing this whole thing... And, you know, I think back to when I first heard these kinds of things back before my podcast or my business was generating any kind of revenue. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I see the need and I totally understand that it would take things off my plate and be of benefit to me. But man, the cost factor is what's hindering me. I'm not sure I could even spend 50 bucks a month on this. What's your response to that kind of concern? Listen, the freelancers that I use, they billed me 800 hours last week, which is a lot of hours. But I didn't just wake up one day and hire 35 people. Yeah, I started small and I focused, hey, how do I get an hour of my time back? How do I get two hours of my day back, five hours of my week and grow from there? And if you're not at the point where you're making enough money to have that consistent work, that consistent cost, then just focus on projects. Hey, how can I upgrade my website as a one-time fee? How can I improve my graphic, my infographic? How can I get that piece of content out on the web that can help people understand what I'm all about and what I'm passionate about. So you can think of it more project-based as one-off things until you're ready to reinvest. But at some point, you do have to reinvest back into your business. I mean, that's just part of it. And there are risks of reinvesting, but I always like to find things that are low risk, high reward. And a lot of that times it's reinvesting in people to bang out these projects that you might not be able to do at a high level, or you just don't have time for I absolutely agree with you on that. I've got a 14-year-old daughter who actually does some of the part-time work behind the scenes for me, and it's nothing that's rocket science. It's nothing that is difficult, but it's stuff that needs to be done. It has to be done. You know, if she doesn't do it, I have to do it. And it really does come down sometimes to deciding what are the things that you can move off your plate that are crucial but not vital. 
if you can see the distinction there. They're not things that are going to make or break my business, but they really do need to be done. And those are really some of the things you can do with a VA. That's what you're saying. And just over time, we figured out you kind of have to take that step. So Nathan, as someone is considering this and they're thinking about, yeah, okay, I think I could do that. I might be able to do one small project. I'd give it a try, but, you know, people always have these big butts as Pee Wee Herman says, you know, people say, but I've got to train them. I've got to figure out how to communicate. And that's going to take so much time for me to do that. What's your response to that concern? Yeah. So one of the things we've kind of done on the marketplace, and we have freelancers from five to $75 an hour, keeping in mind, these are real people and they don't always fit into boxes. We divide it up. You've got the basic level freelancers, you've got the mid-level and you've got the expert level. Now the basic level, these are followers. They're non-US, you're outsourcing. It's five to 10 bucks an hour. These are people that, yes, they have years of experience. They might've worked for other podcast hosts, but the way that you do something is going to be different than the way another client does. So there is that investment. You are having them follow your systems, your processes. Then you've got the mid-level people, that 10 to 30 range, US or non-US. Those are people that are specialized. They do the same thing every day. You're not teaching them what to do, although you can tweak what they do to fit your needs. They're not consulting with you. They're doers. They could be video editors, content writers, bookkeepers, whatever it is. And then you got the experts. These are people with, that are 25 and up. They, they can give you their opinion. They can consult. They can audit your business, parts of your business, help execute a high-level game plan, help project manage, help create systems and processes for the basic level freelancers. So you just have to identify what you're looking for. Are you looking for someone that is more affordable but is following how you want things done? Are you looking for that specialist maybe to have in your back pocket whenever you need something done or it could be ongoing work? Or are you looking for someone that can bring something to the table and help guide you in the right direction and create a good plan? That's really how a lot of my clients have found success is really figuring out what can they afford and what are they looking for up front? Yeah, that totally makes sense. Now, we're going to take a short break here for a bit, Nathan. But when we come back, I want to dig into exactly what you do with FreeUp and how the system works. We'll do that when we get back to our conversation in just a moment. As you might imagine, being a guy who runs a company that does podcast-related services, I spend a lot of time in social media groups that are oriented around podcasting. And I hear lots of good content and good questions out there from people who are just getting into podcasting and even from experienced podcasters. And one of the questions I hear most often is a question about where to find good music for your podcast intro and your podcast outro. And you see, I think good music is vital because there are getting to be so many new podcasts and existing podcasts in the Apple Podcast Directory, in the Stitcher Directory, in the Google Play Directory, that production value, production quality is going to be what makes various podcasts stand out in the slew of podcasts that are out there. It doesn't take you long to find a cruddy sounding show. Well, if you can make your sound better, you're going to be in a better option for people and in a better position to gain that listenership and following that you really need and want if your podcast is going to make any difference. So I wanted to make you aware of a resource we've created at Podcast Fast Track where we can get truly custom music created for you. I mean, specifically for you. Here's how it works. You provide us with a link to a type of music or a particular tune that you like and would love to have represent your show. 
and we will contract with some of our composers to create something in that same feel or in that same genre. You see, you can't totally cop a song exactly word for word or note for note, but you can do something in a similar style. And our composers will actually provide a release to you where you are able to use that for your show, your show only, in perpetuity, which one of my previous podcast guests informed me means ongoing. So if you're interested in finding out how to get custom music for your podcast intro and outro, you can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com slash music. Okay, so we are back with Nathan Hirsch, and he is the founder and CEO of FreeUp.com. It is a marketplace for freelancers, you know, people who can come alongside you as a podcaster to help you make this thing you love so much, your podcast, actually work in a more smooth way and perhaps free you up to do things that are more important. So I'm excited to dig in a little bit to free up and to understand how this might work on a very practical level for those of us who are doing a podcast and need help in getting it promoted. So I want to know, Nathan, if someone is curious about just investigating FreeUp and how it works, give us a little bit of what they're going to see when they go to the website. So here's what's cool about us. I kind of took everything that I learned from all these different marketplaces, VA services, companies I've used before, took everything I liked and tweaked everything that I didn't like. So with us, there's no browsing. Once you have a free account and there's no minimums, there's no obligation, you can stop using us at any time, no sign-up fee, no monthly fee. It's in our best interest to make sure you get someone you actually like. And once you have that account, anytime you need a freelancer, you just click request a worker at the top of your account, answer 10 questions, which takes a minute so we know exactly what you're looking for, what level, US, non-US, what skill set, how many hours a week. And within a business day, usually much faster, we introduce you to one to three options. You can meet with them directly, make sure you like them, make sure they're the perfect fit for you. If you do like them, click hire and they're added to your account and you can get started right away. If you don't like them, you click pass and it'll ask for some feedback so we can take that feedback and get you someone else based on that feedback. So it really is that easy of a process. And then after that, I mean, our billing is automatic. Our billing period is Wednesday to Tuesday. We charge you every Thursday. You have a week to dispute anything before the freelancer gets paid the next Thursday. So it really is that fast of a process. If I'm understanding this correctly, the freelancers get paid by you. We are paying you for the help that we're receiving. What are the averages of those rates? You mentioned the three tiers earlier, but say somebody wants to just have someone help them create some images using Canva for social media or something. So they find the person that they're recommended, they accept. What can they expect to pay for a job like that? Sure. So we provide the freelancer and the hourly rate, and then it's up to them to decide the estimate. You can agree to a fixed price if you want to with them. That's between you and them. If we say Bob is 10 bucks an hour, you're paying 10 bucks an hour, nothing else. Our fee is already included in that. In terms of what they cost, I mean, there's a wide range. I kind of mentioned before, the basic level is in that five to 10, the mids in that 10 to 20, and the experts in that 25 and up. Keeping in mind, these are freelancers. They're setting their own rates and there might be people that are below or above market average or right in our ballpark. If you go to freeup.com slash pricing, we have a great infographic that kind of shows ballpark pricing for everything. And I mean, if it's data entry work, if it's repetitive work, you're going to be in that five to $6 an hour range for stuff like video editing or, or graphic design or even writing. 
there's a much bigger range because, I mean, we have $7 an hour writers, we have $50 an hour writers and everything in between. So it just kind of depends what you're looking for. Now, something you mentioned here that really got my wheels turning was you, you said that you recommend one to three people to the person, depending on the questions that they've answered. Is that a person that's pre-vetted? In other words, they have gone through your system and been approved to be used in the free up system before they come to the podcaster? So we actually introduce one to three. And, and usually, unless the request very vague or the client asks for a lot of options, um, we'll just introduce one. Most people come to us because they don't want to go through a lot of people. But at the same time, if you put in the request, hey, I want to meet five people, we'll introduce you to five people, no problem. And yes, I mean, these are people that we already vetted. We're not a recruitment company. It's not like you put in a request and we go out and find this person. These are these people that are, we already have in the network. We have a thousand freelancers we've already vetted. And last week we got 900 applications and we let in three or four freelancers. So we really are taking 1% of our applicants, letting them in and then making them available to clients first come first serve. Okay. I can appreciate that. Now, Nathan, tell me, how do you ensure quality in the free up system? Do you have ratings and reviews? Do you have a feedback from the people who are hiring your freelancers? How does that happen? Good question. So I am very skeptical of rating systems. We all know that reviews can be manipulated. So with us, I mean, we spend so much time vetting these people for the skill, the attitude, the communication. It's a very tough to get into our marketplace. I was talking to a freelancer today that got in and she was like, wow, that was intense. It took her a few weeks to get into the marketplace. So once they're in, now that they're in, just like clients don't want to browse across lots of different freelancers, Freelancers don't really like competing against 50 people for every job either. So once they're in, they like it that we bring clients to them. They want to do everything they can to stay in the marketplace to, to keep their source of revenue. And if they do anything, whether it's poor communication or jeopardizing clients in any way or missing due dates, we're very quick to kick people out. So we're constantly checking in with clients, having a very hands-on approach, making sure everything's good. The reason we don't have a feedback system is because it would just be a bunch of five-star workers because anyone that's not getting very high ratings gets quickly removed from the marketplace. So the way that we do it is by constantly checking in with clients. We ask for feedback. We follow up. Um, we're always available. I have people that monitor my Skypes and emails 24-7. So when I'm on a podcast with you, there's always someone there, even if you have the smallest issue. And we really want to make sure that all clients have a five-star experience, no matter what freelancer they're hiring. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, another thing that comes to my mind is what if a podcaster starts working with someone through free up and they just really click with that person. They feel like they're a great fit for their ongoing work and perhaps even to be a member of their team. How would they go about establishing that kind of a relationship with that person? Is there a way that they can work together without working through free up or is there no way for that to happen? Keep in mind, we have clients who will hire six people in the Philippines, full-time customer service reps, and they've had the same people for two plus years. And then there are other clients that'll use people for a one-time project and not talk to them again. So you can definitely do it through free up and do it more on more of an ongoing work. But there is also a buyout, um, which there carries risk on both sides. It's 5,000 for a US person, 2,500 for a non-US person. With the buyout, I mean, if you buy them out and they quit on you the next week, we're not responsible. And from the freelancer side, if you buy them out and you don't pay them, we're not responsible. So there is risk. We've had situations where the freelancer enjoys being in free up and doesn't want to get bought out. We've had plenty of situations where they do. And we've had people that have actually moved and become a full-time employee with a client. So it's definitely an option that's there and something that we'll explore with you if you want to. 
That makes total sense. I would assume the company has to be remunerated in some way. So that makes complete sense. Now, another question that I have is that many podcasters are doing their podcast kind of as a passion project. It's something they do on the side. They don't generate income from it, but they would love it if they were able to quit their nine to five and be more of a freelancer or an online entrepreneur. Perhaps some of them have the skills that they could become a freelancer on FreeUp in your system. So tell me how they would go about becoming part of the FreeUp ecosystem and be a contractor that is available for others. Yeah. I mean, right on the website, if you go to freeup.com with three E's and you click apply to be a freelancer, um, it'll walk you through the process, fill out an application and our freelancer success team is pretty fast to respond and they take it from there. Well, Nathan, what have I not asked you that I should have asked you? For me, I can provide that top 1% pre-vetted person, but if you don't know what to do after the fact, it doesn't do you much good. So I encourage people to check out the free up blog and the free up YouTube channel. We post a lot of content on what to do after the hire and, and even before how to identify what your perfect person looks like, how to set expectations after the hire, which is so important. Just getting on the same page right from the beginning in writing. So there's no gray area down the line. There's no he said, she said how to create a feedback loop, which is so important to be able to give feedback to someone and not get frustrated if they don't do it exactly the way you want on the first time and and how to take feedback too, because some of the best things that have changed me as an entrepreneur and led to me making the most money or cutting the most costs have been feedback that I've gotten from other people. And a lot of that feedback came from freelancers I work with. So just don't forget that it is a process. No one has a 100% hiring record that, that just doesn't exist. But if you focus on the process and what you can control and continue to improve that hiring and defining what you want and setting expectations and that feedback loop, you can have a lot of success hiring freelancers. And the gig economy is booming right now. It really is the time to do it. I can attest to that. There are all kinds of people out there offering a wide variety of services that are skilled people. They are moving out of corporate and into their own freelance gigs. So it's definitely a booming marketplace. So Nathan, I appreciate your time today and you filling us in on FreeUp and how this VA system works. And you have said it three or four times, but it is FreeUp with three E's, F-R-E-E-E up.com. Thanks so much for being on Podcastification. Thank you. Have a great rest of the day. So what do you think? Is a virtual assistant or a freelancer in your future? I mean, my wheels are turning. I've got a lot of different ideas right now about the things I could outsource. And I know it's going to take a little work on the front end for me to get things in place where it could happen efficiently. But I believe in the long run, it's going to be well worth it. What do you think? I would love to hear your feedback and your experience with VAs or freelancers if you've ever done this before. You can find a way to contact me right there in the description area on your podcast app for this episode, or you can go to podcastfasttrack.com slash 103 and find all the resources and Nathan Hirsch's contact information. You know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day.
Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.